uh, hipsters and fat cats, all you Vegas mavens out there. It's uh, <laughs> franchise after dark. Kind of. It's still summer, so it's a little light out. Uh, yeah. Hey, happy June, Henry. Happy June to you, Dan. It's uh, it's episode 104 of the franchise, everybody. 104. And, uh, what a number. It's yeah. like what you'd get what if you like did the extra credit for a test. Right. An yeah. extra four points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, um, 110%. So, oh, is that a Lou Ferrigno reference? Yeah. Henry and I used to watch The Celebrity Apprentice together, hosted by um, our president, Donald Trump. And uh, there was one season where Lou Ferrigno was on, and he said 110% every four seconds. So that's something <laughs> Henry and I say to each other. Oh... We are doing Oceans 12 and Oceans 13 this week, everybody. Superhero count for this podcast, Henry. Lou Ferrigno. Just because we mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oceans 12 and Oceans 13. uh, The much maligned Oceans 12. We're revisiting it. Oceans 13, the attempt to wrap up the franchise before they rebooted with ladies. And uh, here we are to talk about them. Steven Soderbergh, Exoderganza. How about that? All right, nice. we've yeah, we've got a guest. It's um, yes, my former co-host, the uh, you know the antecedent to Henry. His um, <laughs> we hosted what a, a word. yeah, we hosted what a, a yeah, great pronunciation. Antecedent. Yes. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, Nathaniel Safford, my co-host on uh, Surviving Survivor. We covered 13 seasons of Survivor together. Uh, and uh, he now uh, went deeper. Like re- Survivor was too mainstream for him. So now he just uh, podcasts about the mole and who done it, And, uh, you know, um, X on the beach and uh, things like that. You know, Kid Nation. You could... Subscribe to my podcast, The Mole Nine Yards. <laughs> oh, now I, now I want to co-host that with you. Uh, you know, actually, a good uh, little Survivor bit. Uh, so I just went to Italy uh, with my girlfriend, and we did um, Survivor Talking Heads while hiking. Sometime, <laughs> what are you talking about? Next time we hang out, you'll have to watch these videos. They're just like... Yeah, everyone just found out that I'm a uh, the former goalie for the Kansas City Galaxy, and now they're going to vote me off. <laughs> just like stupid bullshit. Yeah, I love it. Survivor still in your bones from it's those thirteen bones. seasons. Yeah, and you went to Italy, home of uh, Boston Rob's ancestors, and featured in Ocean's Twelve. That's true. Yeah, That's right. Right. I, I was in the uh, square where uh, he meets Catherine Zaid-Jones. Did nice. you go to that museum wow. where uh, they steal the Fabergé egg? Uh, I was actually, I looked it up while when re, uh, re-watching this, mm-hmm. and it's not an actual museum. They just, like, repurposed the building in Rome. I yeah, have a question. Is that building in Ocean's 13 owned by Al Pacino a real building? I don't think so. 
It actually looks like one of those Dubai buildings. It does yeah, look Dubai. like that, but right. I don't think it's real. I feel like I'd know if there was something in Vegas thought, that yeah, looked like yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think it's like CG. It looks good. Yeah, yeah it looks real. Uh huh. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah. here we are. We're talking oceans. Nathaniel, uh, he came on last a long time ago, too long, for the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions episodes, an episode much maligned for its transphobia. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Was it really? Was it maligned? Some, some, some. Uh, and now here he is, back. We were talking on the phone probably a month or so ago. He randomly watched Ocean's 12. So yeah. uh, I thought we'd have him on. Yeah. I uh, uh, My girlfriend's like a big fan of the Ocean's franchise. And so I loved Ocean's 11. It was one of the few movies I owned on DVD in high school. You have and, the clamshell uh, there? This little snapback? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think the only movies I actually owned a real DVD to, not like some bootleg bullshit, were Ocean's Eleven, Fight Club, and The Matrix. And so we covered The Matrix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we could cover Fight yeah. Club. There was that weird comic book sequel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I had never watched 12 or 13 Oh. And then she got me to watch it. And she actually initially was like, I don't know if she wanted to come on this or what, but she was like really excited about the idea that you guys were covering 12 and 13. And uh, I was like, I don't know, maybe you could just like jump on the mic or something. She's like, I don't know if the first time I want to talk to Dan is about like Steven Soderbergh's filmography. It's or probably what she'd do <laughs> anyway. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It's yeah. a real life conversation. It's true, yeah. Yeah, I haven't met your girlfriend yet. She could come on for eight. She's a lady. That's right. Yeah. That's Ask her. Do yeah. you have, do you have uh, ovaries? All right, come on for eight. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're we're the world is getting more diverse, gang. We've had three women on. <laughs> yeah. You're keeping count. It's three, pretty easy. Three women. They call it the Robert easy. Altman special. Yeah. He's got a movie yes. called Three Women Gang. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ocean's 12. You want to talk about it? Let's do it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So uh, this is directed by Steven Soderbergh. He's back. And it's written by a fellow named George Nolfi. Now, I don't know why Ted, what's his face? Griffin? Yeah. Ted Griffin didn't come back for any of the the next Oceans movies, which is crazy because I love the screenplay to that first one. Yeah. Uh, but here he is, George Nolfi. You know him. You love him. He directed The Adjustment Bureau. Phenomenal. <laughs> is it good? No. Oh, okay. I, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of his other credits include the R.I.P. Paul Walker vehicle, Timeline. His timeline turned out mm. to be pretty short, as it turned out. And uh, he, you oh, know, he, he works with Damon a lot. He wrote the Bourne yeah. Ultimatum. Right. Uh, right, right. He created a show called Allegiance, which was sort of like the network TV version of The Americans. Didn't really last. Oh. Henry, how about that finale? How about that finale? <laughs> I knew oh, it. Oh, my it, yeah, God. It came up. Sorry. Sorry, folks. We haven't had any chance to talk about it. Yeah. Wow. Great. Yeah. Great. Great. 
Jesus. I don't want to say too much. It's just, you know. Hey, if you haven't watched The Americans, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Get on it. Nathaniel? No, I haven't. Get. I'll get on it. Come on. Oh, <laughs> God. It's good. All right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, George Nolfi. He's our new writer. Um. Uh, from the looks of this movie, he's a lot more convoluted. All right. Ocean's 12, released December 10th. 2004, just in time for Oscar season. Well, really, just in time for the holiday season because it's a big budget, fun time at the multiplex. I saw it in the theater. Yep, me too. I was excited about it. Me too. And it didn't live up to my expectations. I, like, super didn't like Ocean's 12 um, Mm -hmm. when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen it in years, so this is a straight-up revisit. We'll see how it went. I really liked it in the theater. And, you did. Uh, oh, very much so. And then uh, somebody is perfect for the for this. Uh, what you just said about how it's the maligned one. Somebody I worked with when I worked at the Chelsea Barnes and Noble uh, owned it. They had like a free copy. They didn't want it. They hated it. And I was like, I'll take it. I love that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've been much? one of the. I definitely watched it a couple times. I haven't seen it since this rewatch in, in years, but I've seen it a lot. Yeah, okay. yeah, for okay. sure. I was very familiar with it. Uh, like I a just, lot. Li- all like, I like- remembered from it was the Julia Roberts pretending to be Julia Roberts thing, and I hated right. it so much that like right. that is all I took with me from this fucking movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I mean, I won't give away my rewatch yet uh, opinion, but uh, yeah, I, I had seen it quite quite a bit. Uh, of all of these, I definitely had seen thirteen the least. I might have only Me given too. that one one viewing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I watched well, it. Uh, I rewatched it with um, my previous girlfriend, Katie. Um, so that was, I think, only my second time watching it. Okay. Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that in the theater. I I don't know why. That's crazy. I was there fucking opening day. Yeah, I imagine the only reason I wouldn't have in 2007 was because that was such a great year. And I I remember being in the movie a lot that year, uh, as evidenced even by my top 10 list and the honorable mention. So I probably was just like, "Ah, this can wait. But I don't know why I would have thought that, because I was a big fan. But In 2007, I was editing uh, the art section of the Hunter College newspaper, The Envoy. And I was writing a weekly column called 52 Weeks at the Movies. And uh, it just turned out I did it in 2007, which is, for my money, the greatest year uh, in, in the movies of all time. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for the uh, everybody's list. For yeah, me movie. too. I, I revised mine a little bit. And, so and my 2004. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I like made it a point that year. I saw like three movies in theaters every week. Whoa! Yeah, and I wrote about them all. So, like, I am very, very familiar with the films of 2007. That was a difficult list to make. Yes, it was. Very. Yeah. But back to 2004. It's December 10th. Nathaniel is up at Binghamton University. (laughs) I'm I'm just starting there at Hunter College. We're uh, communicating by phone a lot. Uh, Nathaniel's writing a screenplay called Chocolate Milk. We're working on it together a little bit. Then, uh, <laughs> that just set in the scene. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I th- remember that summer. I mean, that 
in December, that December, I went to Israel for birthright. Birthright, and I remember you being like, "You're gonna die." <laughs> That's because Nadia Mazawala told me that she went there and saw a car bomb. Yeah, I mean it does happen. I remember for a brief moment when I was living in uh, Baltimore, I was going to maybe go, and people are like, "Oh my god, it's so dangerous!" I'm like, "Do you understand that I'm leaving?" West- <laughs> I go there. I'll be fucking fine. I'll be sober. Uh, I think I've known about. I'm thinking. I was thinking while you were you were talking. I think I've known eight uh, people, eight uh, <clears throat> friends of mine, who took advantage of the the birthright trip, and not a one of them wasn't warned of the same thing, and not a one of them had a bad experience. Yeah, it's great. It's like first yeah. off, that name is like fucked up and shitty but right like free trip that's like 10 days long it's not free like you pay like 300 400 but it's like 10 days it's fucking great and everyone just like hooks up and shit i wouldn't mind having a birthright trip to ireland and italy uh That'd be amazing. i don't think it would qualify nathaniel yeah. how many bjs did you get while you were in israel on the birthright trip henry let's hear that how many bjs theme <laughs> That one's still in production. Damn it. Uh, I uh, unfortunately did not get a, a blowjibber. Any? No, no blowjibbers. HJ? No. What? Just made out. Uh, made out. Made right. out with some ladies. Yeah. yeah. All right. You were a late bloomer. All right. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Budget of $110 million on this Oceans film, the highest of the three, because uh, they're globe hopping. Box office of 362.7, not bad. Came in at number 14 at the box office for 2004. Did slightly worse than Troy. You think anybody that saw Troy remembers seeing it? I remember seeing it. How'd that go for it? Hey, another Brad Uh, Pitt movie, by the way. What a year for Brad Pitt. It was fucking terrible. And I remember it was one of those movie experiences where I was just I was so upset and annoyed just not that I had like great expectations for it but I I mean it wasn't that uh, directed by who directed that Wolfgang Peterson oh yeah old Wolfgang I think I'm right on that I'm not positive yeah that sounds right um and I did have some hope for it but it was just so terrible it was so so bad and Brad Pitt was bad and just uh, oh god what a disaster that He's was He's not I meant hated. to make a sword and sandals. No. Uh, let me work. let me ask work. you this. How do you think it compares to Pompeii with Kit Harrington? <laughs> I love I Pompeii. I'm going to say right now I haven't seen Pompeii but I guarantee to you I would like Pompeii much. Pompeii's more. by my boy wow. Paul, Paul W.S. Oh, then it's got to be better. That's yeah. right. Yo, but what? here's a better question. What's better, Troy or Oliver Stone's Alexander? Ooh. I never <laughs> saw Alexander what? on purpose. Never. Well, I, couldn't, I couldn't see that. I can't. I can't. I saw Alexander, I but choosy. not Troy. I have to be choosy with Oliver Stone these days. All right. I got another one. Is it better or worse <laughs> than Exodus, Gods, and Kings? Yeah. Uh, far worse. Worse. Oh man! I saw, I saw Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yeah, but that's because Henry worse. is a Ridley Scott apologist. 
<laughs> no, I know. I've, I've listened to the Blade Runner episode. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're not a fan of Blade Runner either? No, I am. I am. I just, oh, then that know. would make me not an apologist on that episode, but okay. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I... Uh, I'm not as much of a fan, I should say. Right, right, right. And now Exodus is is not a uh, not a great movie, but it's f- f- fucking way above. Tro- Troy is garbage of the lowest order. So, all right, all right. Um, how about this movie? You know, Ocean's Twelve was fourteen. Troy was thirteen. Number fifteen, Fifty First Dates. Really? Yeah, that's right. Hmm. the The middle chapter in the Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore uh, talk. <sighs> Right. Oh Lord! Yeah. God. All right. Um, there's a lot of that song. You know that? Remember that fat dead guy? He did that somewhere over the, the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sold that song's all over crazy. that movie. Oh yeah. Little Finding Forrester action too. I remember it being in that. Really? Yep. Yep. Is right. Israel. Israel. Yeah, speaking I Israel. Yeah. Israel. Awaka. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. He dies and has the indignity of his name being mispronounced on a podcast. I don't know if he had any more <laughs> indignity than being three thousand pounds and being photographed. Seriously, at a certain point when you're one thousand pounds, you should be like, I should eat less. I I you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and disagree. A hard disagree. I think if you're a thousand pounds, keep going. Oh, just keep going. No, it's true. Yeah. I it, once you once you see that number three on there, yeah, three hundred. That's when you're like, something's gotta happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. But if you get past just, that, just keep going. When it's four digits, just fuck it, man. Yeah. yeah. Caution you know to the, the last uh, podcast was maligned for transphobia. <laughs> <laughs> Something about you fat brings shaming. this out in me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, no boy. fat people allowed in the Oceans films. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you, no fat people are fans of movies. <laughs> <laughs> that was our guest. All right, all right. Uh, listen, let's do our 2004 list. Let's do it. <clears throat> Nathaniel, you're the guest of honor. Oh, start it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, no, I don't. I did not. 2004 was not a year that I particularly liked. So I'll just start with my number 10, unless you guys it. have honorable mentions. Well, we do, but or I do. Uh, but, my uh, honorable mentions, just I wrote down 12 movies and crossed out two. And the two I crossed out were The Born Supremacy and The Brown Bunny. Okay. I I wrote 14 and I crossed out four. And the ones I took off were uh, used to be on my top ten, but they got booted. Uh, honorable mentions: Garden State, Napoleon, Garden State. Dynamite, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite, Collateral, and Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Garden State, Napoleon Dynamite. If I was making this list in 2004 as a 17 year old, those might be on my list. Well, that's the thing is that they're two movies that I really loved at the time, but and they were on my list when you and I did the lists. But looking back, they they came off pretty easily. But I still wanted to mention them. Man, Garden State is watchable until Portman shows up. That Portman character is just obnoxious. See, I don't even remember like the movie that well. I just, the Manic yeah. Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, total Manic yeah, Pixie yeah, Dream yeah. Girl. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nathaniel. All right, number my number 10 
fucking great movie here, National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. I also recently watched that. Now, and, Nathaniel, uh, how do you feel? Yeah, it's perfectly fun. How do you feel about Justin Bartha? I think I love him not as much as your guests on that episode. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. She was all about that Bartha action. But yeah. yeah he, he's good. Um, you know, he plays that role of like, you know, the hacker, the tech savvy guy in a way that I didn't find like totally infuriating. So mm. he's good. Have you seen Book of Secrets? Yeah, it's dog shit. See, that's how I ranked him. I, Henry, I think you like two more than one. I think I did as well, but I did not like either of them, truly. <laughs> I know, right. I know. But I think I did. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I did rank two above one. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. National Treasure. Henry, what is your number 10? Uh, the Born Supremacy. Born's getting in there. Damon making the list. Yeah. I have a weird list for 2004, and I'm just I'm going. I'm too. going with it. Almost, yeah. So many of mine are comedies, and I have two documentaries on here. Yeah, I. My that list sounds is, like my list. Okay, it's not a great year. It's it's really not. I like these movies though. Like honestly, the me too. My but... 2004 list are movies I've watched a lot. Like maybe mm. it's the most rewatchable list. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I I mind looking at mine, kind of thinking a similar. Thing, yeah, okay. All right, my number 10 is a documentary about the friendship between two bands, the Brian Jonestown Massacre and the Dandy Warhols, and it is called Dig. Hmm. Oh, wow. I want to watch that. Yeah, I didn't see that. It's great. All right. Number uh, nine, it? yep. Born Supremacy. Oh, nice. Okay. Love it. Hank? Yeah. Number nine making its list debut, as was The Born Supremacy, um, the Shane Carruth movie, Primer. Yeah, I didn't see that. What's that, Tom oh, Jane? yeah. Say, say again? Tom Jane in that? No, nobody's in it, man. Shane Carruth and his friends, and he took out a credit card, that one of those. Okay. And uh, uh, Amy Simitz is actually his his now wife, but uh, yeah, the Primer, phenomenal movie, time travel thing, but low as fuck budget and you might actually dig it nathaniel it's really i've seen it I like oh it. okay do you like it i yeah. forgot about it uh for this list so did i i just found it actually is it better you know, than national treasure <laughs> yeah <Okay. laughs> um the one thing i had one issue with that movie which it's maybe the only time i've ever had this issue with like a major release. I know it's low budget. It but... wasn't very major, though. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. But like professional enough that this shouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. Sound editing. Like you couldn't hear shit in that movie. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. So badly mic'd. Yeah. Like oh. very weird. Huh. Yeah, the boom guy never worked again. No. Yeah. They sent him back in time, and he stayed there. Sent him back in time <laughs> to nine eleven. All right. <laughs> Is that on your list, Fahrenheit 11? No. You're not there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Okay. Spoiler for someone. Yeah. Number nine, Dan. Uh,. Did you go? Primer. Uh, my number nine is uh, Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right, number eight. It's basically the British pretentious version of uh, Fahrenheit 911. 
The power of nightmares. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say no end in sight. What's the the power of nightmares? Uh-huh. It's a Adam Curtis BBC documentary. Oh, listen to you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And the Brit. Oh. oh, it's, oh not yeah. on, it's not on the BFI. So it's <laughs> a long time know. since we heard that. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Henry, what's your number eight? Fahrenheit 9 11. Okay. Yeah. Not great. All right. Number eight. Oh, it's got a lot of issues, but I can't deny its importance in when in in well. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> At the time in my Cer- life. Certainly world. uh certainly it proved to be very important. Who can forget the four years John Kerry was president? I'll um, never forget it. It really it helped him. Yeah. It helped him out. The way that you guys described Napoleon Dynamite is the way I feel about Fahrenheit nine eleven. <laughs> yeah okay yeah <laughs> i haven't seen it in a very long time and we're gonna cover it so uh oh yeah right right we'll see what happens then okay yeah. um number eight for me mm-hmm. is uh team america world police very, very nice. fucking funny yes yep. introduced to me by you dan That's right yeah. number seven nathaniel oceans 12 Spoiler alert. Getting on that list. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. Number seven for me. That's double Damon on your list, Nathaniel. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. True. And it was my one of my honorable mentions. (laughs) Yeah, get those double D's on there. All right. Uh my number seven is Kill Bill Volume Two. Okay. Uh, my number seven is a documentary about one of my least favorite bands, and it is one of the funniest comedies ever made. Uh, oh, yeah. Metallica, some kind of monster. Yes. Nice. You also forced me to watch that, and though it was hilarious, it was still Metallica. So uh, <laughs> very well, hard for me to, to watch. You get to learn about Kirk Hammett uh, raising miniature horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Lars Ulrich's art collection. That was oh my, my favorite God. part. That was my favorite. And James part. Hetfield singing without reverb. Yeah, <laughs> and his his weird little go kart that he rides around on the highway with. Oh, so good. God. I love them. I love them so much. I've watched that movie probably ten or twelve times in my life, and I hate Metallica. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Number six. Right. Anchorman. All right. Very nice. Two Anchormans on there. All right. Number six for me. Uh, I love this movie with all my heart. Uh, list debut, Layer Cake. Yeah. Yeah, sort of a poor man's guy, Richie. Uh, no, I'm joking. No, I like no. Layer Cake a lot. That was the movie that introduced me to Daniel Craig, um, even though I'd seen Tomb Raider before. But uh, it's, a, it's a good one. Good movie. Yeah, Sienna well. Miller. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Back when Hollywood thought she might be a star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Num- She's still around. Yeah, she shows up. I Plays like her, but she just like her was not meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Number six is uh, the film version of H.G. Uh, Bissinger's book, Friday Night Lights. Oh. All right. Nice. Interesting. All right, number five, some kind of monster. Yeah, nice. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I think we had a we have Nathaniel on as a guest, so I was kind of missing my cue there. But if we're at number five, 
Oh, heavy hitters. Oh, I think it's heavy. You're I think right. it's heavy hitters. Yeah, time. yeah, it's so, time. Um, just hang on one second and um, <laughs> Yeah, hold on one second. Heavy hitters. These are the grand slams, the slap shots, the three pointers, the touchdowns, the curling when the puck gets close to the circle. These are the heavy hitters of the franchise. Heavy hitters. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> heavy hitters. Metallica, some kind of monster. Now, oh, heavy hitters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My is, number. Is that one on uh, Ride the Lightning? Oh. <laughs> it's on Reload. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Tick, 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 tock. Such an angry band. So the angry. monster lives. All right. Oh, my he number wins. five is a heavy hitter. My number five will be vote number three here. Anchorman. Oh, nice. look at that. What an endorsement of Anchorman this podcast has been. Yeah. Uh, my number five is the middle chapter of a trilogy. Richard Linklater's Before Sunset. The only one I didn't see. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, number four. Uh, I have Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Napoleon Dynamite yeah. getting on there. Give me back I my tots. That like five years ago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not 2004, but also kind of a while ago. And I actually really liked it on rewatching it. I'd like to see it again. It's been about 10 or 12 years. It's been like six for me. I watched it like the week I moved in with Katie. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it mostly still made me laugh and shit, but uh, not not on my list. Yeah. All right. What a heavy hitter. (laughs) My number four is also uh, the middle part of a trilogy, and that is Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 made the list, huh? Oh, yeah. Nice. It's a good one. I love it. Yeah, I think that me and you saw that on a midnight showing. We did, Nathaniel. That was the showing yeah. that I pretended to be crippled <laughs> to get ahead in line, or get yeah, a good seat. we we cut the line. I I brought um, crutches. So you did the Larry David thing. Did Larry he do David that? Show. Or was that signed? No, it was Larry David. Yeah, the the man who pretends that he is uh, mentally. Uh, handicapped and uh, goes to the front line and Larry sees him in the theater and he's totally fine. I would never do anything so uh, offensive. I pretend to be physically handicapped. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. We saw that with uh, Alec. Remember that? Alec. Yeah. Yeah. And we played um, that video game all day. There was like a Spider-Man 2 video game. It was a highly anticipated film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. My number four is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Holy Christ, is that low for you? That is not what I expected. Is that a revised? It's actually higher on this list than it used to be. Really? Oh, okay. I have a false memory of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like the movie. It's uh, interesting, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, number three, Nathaniel. Kill Bill Volume 2. Boom. All right. My number three is Sideways. My number three is Shaun of the Dead. Okay. All right. What? What? The silence is deafening. What's happening here? <laughs> well, it's you fine. Know, yeah, you know me and that uh, 
director. I'm, I'm or not the director. It's Edgar Wright, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I never saw it, and I just never had a desire. But I've been told by every human on earth that I'm missing out. Oh, but. so you're like um, judging that choice on the basis of having never seen it? Yep. Okay. Enjoy that. I will. You do it quite often, so I figured I'd join your your neck of the woods there. Oh, okay. And yeah, I've watched it, and I think at your house, and I liked it, but not top ten. You know, because I have heavy hitters like National Treasure on this. <laughs> That's not a heavy hitter. Uh, it's the lower part of the order. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Shaun of the Dead, number three for Dan. Number two, Nathaniel. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Love it. Nice. Very nice. Hank? My, my number two can be shat upon by Dan, so that's fine. Oh, uh, God, what's this going to be? Get, get right back at me, buddy. Passion of the Christ? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, what do you got? Um, you probably like that more than you like this, uh, The Aviator. Nah, Aviator's better, but that is a shitty movie. Sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Brought down by its uh, horrible lead performance by Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett hamming it up to the tune of Oscar. She's All a little right. tough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Thanks. I agree. Yeah. All right. My number two is Sideways. Okay. All right. Number one, Nathaniel. Crash. No, I'm uh, <laughs> I love how that wasn't even brought up even as a joke. I don't think it was this yeah. year. What's that? I don't think wasn't it was this year? year. I think it was that I year. I think it was yes, 05. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I'm not 100% sure. You might be right. I don't know. I'm looking up right now. 2004. All right. Yeah, I thought so. Well, fuck yeah. me. <laughs> All right, uh, Team America, World Police. Love number it. Wow, <laughs> I love that choice. The number one movie of 2004. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. Perfect film. Yeah. Um, my number one movie of 2004, even though I revised my list quite heavily, did not change, and that is Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Okay, okay. And my number one is uh, one that was on both of your lists, but much lower. I mean, not much, but uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. I figured that. Yeah. 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 All right. There you, there you have it, folks. <sighs> that took forever. Let's talk about Ocean's 12. <laughs> All right. So it Get begins it. Uh, three and a half years ago is what it says. It's a very moody opening. It's raining out in Rome or something. Uh, some country, right? Yeah, but I believe. I think it's uh, Italy. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. You got Brad Pitt. He's coming home to uh, a nice living situation. Catherine Zeta-Jones is there. Fresh off of giving Michael Douglas cancer with her pussy. <laughs> and... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> uh, no, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, you remember that? I like yeah. to bring this up as much as possible. Yeah, it's been a while, though. Yeah. It's... I know it, it came up a lot in Basic Instinct. Well, of course. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, anyway. I love the opening of this movie, by the way. Opening's great. 
It gets me right away. I like I, the, I like the opening titles, the subtlety of, of the little white titles. I I like um, him jumping out the window nonchalantly. Catherine yep. Zeta Jones is good in the scene. Um, in some ways, the opening scene is my favorite scene in the movie. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Nathaniel? How'd that opening scene grab you? It was great. Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, this will be a scene by scene analysis. I, yeah, I and love we're this all movie. in agreement on what this. What do you opening. give it on a scale of one to five? The opening scene. <laughs> I would say like a four point five, but there are no point five. Why it's a five? It's a five to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I can't fully give it a five because of the Zeta Jones character, which is one of my biggest problems with this movie. All right. She hasn't now, even barely spoken yet. No, no, the- I know, I know. Listen, the premise of Ocean's Twelve is, um, I mean, and it's hard to say the premise because there are so many twists and turns that the premise changes like nine times. Mm. Um, so Terry Benedict, Andy Garcia from the first film, the villain from the first film, uh, he goes around recruiting Ocean's Eleven, which is an interesting take on this kind of thing because normally it would be. Danny going around like bringing everyone back in. Now it's the villain getting the band back together. Well, getting revenge on the band. Well, yeah, but he has Not to get really. them back together and he gives Which is one of my favorite parts of the movie as well. Yeah, that part's good too. Every character, oh my god, I mean how he finds Bernie Mac uh you know getting his nails done and he's like seems like every time I see you you're playing the race card. You know, yeah, I mean, but I mean, and, that's and just the Casey a... Affleck right. thing. Yeah, that's the best one. Casey. Affleck. Oh, my God. That sequence is so funny with the toast. And he's acknowledging everybody except Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's like the best chemistry in the movie. I think. It's great. Yeah. In all Casey three. Affleck, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pitt and uh, Clooney are great, but like. I think Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn is amazing. Yeah, and in this movie, I think in particular, they they get a lot of time together, and it's very, very funny. I think if this was a dumber movie, we'd see like a straight-to-DVD sequel that was just like an adventure with just Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. The Malloy brothers. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm um, into it. I'd watch it. But uh, they're great, to the point where in 13, they're separated for a little while. And I yeah. was, like, getting worried it was going to be like that for the whole movie. And, yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so the gang gets back together. They got to fly out to Europe. And uh, they um, they have to rob a thing for Terry. How's it go, Henry? What's the plot? They need to finance a bigger uh, heist. And in order to do that, they, they are tipped off about a... Uh, uh, an old, uh, what is it, this this recluse, Jerome Crabbe from The Fugitive franchise crossover. Okay. Um, he is a hermit who listens to Beethoven's Eroica every night and takes an Ambien. And so they need to steal this priceless, what is it, a dollar, I believe, priceless uh, yes. coin. Take, takes a, he listens to Beethoven every night and then gets super racist. <laughs> yeah. That's I, how does he get because that uh, because that's the um, the side effect of Ambien. Oh yeah. right, right. Sorry, he just went on a, a racist uh, you know tweet storm against Valerie Jarrett in two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, 
it's I think the Dutch East India companies like stock uh, announcements, like yeah, their IPO announcement or whatever. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So they do that by lifting a building to get the arrow in to get it, but they find out it's already been lifting stolen by a building the <laughs> by the night fox. <laughs> by the yeah. night fox. Yes. There's just too much in this movie that's too silly. And listen, Soderbergh says this is his favorite of the three. I know. And I can totally see why. Because it is the most unique. It is the most uh, Soderbergh-y, honestly. It's the most experimental. The shots are all crazy. And Mm -hmm. it it has a different look. Like every scene, he's using every fucking lens he can think of. You know, everything, it's like everything Soderbergh ever wanted to do in a movie, he does for like 30 seconds in this one. Hmm. Um, And that's great. It's really fun to watch. And it kind of keeps me on the edge of its seat, of my seat, just because of the visuals. But it's just ridiculous. And. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Do you do either of you watch Arrested Development? Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch the Netflix the first Netflix season of Arrested Development? <clears throat> no, no, this came up last week. No. Okay. So they made that season, they wrote it around the schedules of the cast. Like you know, they were all doing other shit at the same time they were doing Arrested Development. So they were like, Okay, we have a couple days with Michael Sarah and Jeffrey Tambor. Let's write a scene where they're around together. And that's how they wrote it. And that's how this movie felt to me, just cobbled together from spare parts of the first one. Really? Yeah. And it, and, really and to be honest, it, to be honest, it was better than I remembered it being. But I it's still to me the least of the 3. Well, you early, know, one early, thing that really voting, okay. Yeah. One thing that you brought up was that it's just like too unbelievable and there's too many dumb things like raising the building. I felt that way about 13, actually. Like, the, you know, like a good example of that would be, and I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but the like weird thing where Casey Affleck leads some like labor revolution in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that to and, and, me seems like a better example. That, that. made me laugh right. a lot, though. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. look, the thing, uh, well, fine, we'll, we could take these together a little bit. 13, to me, is Soderbergh going back to basics. And, and it, so there's a lot of the silliness that was brought in with Ocean's 12, but it's, it's a much more straightforward movie. And so it's, I think, a little more boring and generic than Ocean's 12, but it just hangs together better for me. So well, I, I'm going to say I'm going to give these movies the same grade. I'm actually giving them the same no. grade as well, uh, actually. But but we're not, you know, not ranking them yet today. But um, I think that the, the only thing you said that I disagree with really was calling it too ridiculous because honestly... All three are absolutely ridiculous. But the I other mean, two, everything just... is, that happens in the movies in terms of the heist and how it's it's pulled off, 
they're all ridiculous and but impossible. But it makes and- sense when it's just a group of guys doing a thing in Vegas. Now in this movie, we're bringing in like the lineage of thieves throughout history, and like they have to compete against a rival thief to like just in a game of wits. It's it's just like the stakes are so low; they're fucking underground. Well, that's the pro- the problem that I felt with this film and I I thought maybe I'd think I couldn't really remember not surprisingly even though I've seen it several times the the whole thing of the plot kind of like we said in Ocean's 11 where you're like surprised again and again um was that the I for me the major weakness it did something in a movie that I I really really don't like uh and they do this a lot in horror movies and that is the bait and that, switch well, not necessarily a bait and switch. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about plot-wise or or to the audience. And what, what I don't like is when they do it to the audience to the point where you've been watching probably 60 minutes of the plotting, planning of a heist, and none of it took place. So, I mean, it took place, but it was all fake and so within a 40 second montage you actually see when the egg was stolen yeah it it, um like like there is no heist it sort of negates everything that we felt as an audience during right and i don't like that in movies they do that in movies where like it's all a dream yeah pulls the rug yeah it's a jacob's ladder and (laughs) well i like jacob's ladder but yes identity would be like uh, one that you like i like that one yeah well, but I only like that one because it's people trapped together. I don't particularly right, right. like the ending. But so this time when I watched it, that was my main problem where I was just it was not only was it confusing, but then at the end, you're just like, oh, Jesus. So it was just like a pickpocket. That's all it was. It was a set up pickpocket. And I don't know. That was just kind of disappointing. But um, I mean, I don't know. What did you think, Nathaniel, of that part of the, you know, the MacGuffin it's... aspect of it? Yeah, for me, it was just. I, you know, so I watched it like two or three months ago, and I remember it being a little hard to follow, actually. Like, yeah. there's so many plot twists. The second time around, like, everything made sense, and I, you know, it was pretty easy to follow. But it's just too many, like, you know, you switch your expectations so frequently. Right. That it, I don't know, it, I, I think the Ocean's 13 was a little bit more boring but I agree. Yeah, I think Dan's right that it's easier to follow. It is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will. I will say of all three movies, though, I, and I did not expect this, and I, I just don't know why. Probably because of the Soderberghian levels of interaction and dialogue with all the characters, is I laughed more in this movie than I did in any of the other ones. I laughed like, more m- at Thirteen by a lot. Did you? Yeah, that's interesting. I I was constantly laughing. Uh, there's just so many. I think I think I hated the comedy in this movie. That's in, well, and interestingly enough, my LVP is somebody who has a lot of scenes in this movie, but I don't think pulls off the comedy well. Is it the um, same as mine? Mm, I don't know. Do they have a vagina? No. Okay, it's not. <laughs> Last it's not I pretty Mac. Last um, I heard. So, you <laughs> but, know, but actually, the, 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 there's little throwaway lines like when they have Julia Roberts they, as Julia Roberts, and you know it, it is whatever. It's it's dumb, but when they're telling her how to be her, 
and you just hear a little there's a lot of like over the top stuff but then there's like a throwaway line that scott Kahn has he's not even on camera and you hear him go that one of them says just smile a lot smile and scott Kahn goes that's all she does yeah that's funny but also it's just one of those jokes like uh, you get it Get it, guys? Because cause it's her. She's there. I know, I and know. they're criticizing but, her yeah. to her face. But, but then you got Clooney and Pitt watching Happy Days in Italian. And didn't Simon. like that. Didn't like didn't really? Didn't like Pitt walking in on Clooney crying to Oprah. Uh, I mean, no, it's just I so... Like it's so fucking... It's such macho garbage. The only running joke I liked in the movie was them thinking Clooney was older than he was. That's I wrote it down. That That's made hilarious. me laugh. I what about the scene with Topher Grace in the hotel room? Yeah, that because pretty- Topher oh, Grace is great, and he should have been in Thirteen. Also, <laughs> I I love <laughs> the Topher Grace scenes in all three of in. I mean, the first two. Yeah, yeah. He should have been I- in the Rat Pack one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could have worn a sensible sweater. <laughs> That's yes. Oh, listener Nathaniel Saffron. I love it. Right. I love that little touch. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was funny, but you know, I'll say right now my LVP, and and there are many parts where I think he's great, but um, in terms of the whole cast, it's so hard. I was almost going to give it to Cheadle again. Oh God! Because <laughs> uh, update accent ain't any better. I no, it's better it. in the third one though. I don't think so. It's toned but, down a lot in the third one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I, but uh, no, my LVP is is Matt Damon. Listen to you, Matt Damon. Well, here's part of the problem with the Matt Damon character. Yeah. Is he is, in the first one, the beginner. Right. And then he's asked to play that same role in the second and third movies. Like, in the second and third movies, we're asked to believe that, like, he hasn't gained the fucking respect, respect of his parents. But, like, he was a big part of like a, an insane robbery of three casinos right. in Las Vegas. Or the respect of Clooney and Pitt, who put him through that another MacGuffin scene. Yeah, where where you know they're talking in tongues essentially. But that I did scene like, sucked. I, I did like the scene with him and Pitt on the uh, airplane when he wakes up Rusty to tell him. Yeah, he that was I cute. thought that was that funny. Was Very funny. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so one, I just think that this movie was, you know, I think Eleven is objectively the best, but I found this one to be the most fun, and like I didn't actually fun. think the humor was that bad. I just think it's like, you know, what this movie's setting out to be is like kind of hip and like a little meta and aware, which I'm not crazy about, but just like hip and fun and like a well shot, good looking movie. And but but it it's hip. It. It's hip, like the kind of guy who uses the word hip, which is to say not. <laughs> but I, yeah, I you mean, mean like Travis not... Bickle in Taxi Driver when he looks? Nah, at that's mid seventies. I'm hip. When I, when I'm I hip. No, he hip. says the word. I'm hip. Yeah. yeah. When I say hip, I don't mean like oh, it's a super cool movie that holds up in its coolness. I mean like it's. Yeah, almost like the type of guy who would use the word hip in that it's supposed to just be like, um, I don't know, like fancy cocktail hip. (laughs) Well, yeah, that is what it is. But to me, like the first movie, it's like you're having a fancy cocktail party and then like 
some shit goes down, right? Like, you gotta figure shit out. To me, in Ocean's 12, it was such a breezy little movie that it was like watching a bunch of friends at a cocktail party and nothing happens. <laughs> like, they just have pleasant conversation all night, then go home. Well, what's your, so what's your beef with, uh, with Jones here? Jones? Who's Jones? Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh, right. Z8. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, listen. You're asking me to believe that this character, a woman, this is a real character in the universe of this movie. Mm -hmm. She, uh, Brad Pitt, one of the greatest thieves in the world, fell in love with her, okay? She is the number one, like, thief finder on the globe. For Europol, right? Yeah, and also... Her father is a legendary thief who she's never met before. She doesn't know he's the thief. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. That that okay. to me, that that passes the sniff test to you. I'm not really <laughs> I'm not really looking to pass the, for the movie to pass a sniff test, man. I mean, it's got a fucking holographic You can give me made. two of those things, but all three well, they did, you know, they made a, they actually said, Catherine Zeta-Jones said that she knew it was him, like, while they were dating. I knew mean, Brad Pitt. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, 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 right, true, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So why do you- But Pitt fell in love with her. Of all the people that he's grifted in his life, he fell in love with her. It's Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> okay, so the greatest okay. uh, thief okay. finder in the world looks like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Maybe. Listen, Michael Douglas fell in love with her, and her vagina gave him cancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how powerful it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's the Welsh magic. Yeah. Look, I got nothing against Catherine Zeta-Jones. I think she's good in this movie. Um, mm. but you do? I do. Oh. I just don't buy the fucking character. Oh, then I misinterpreted, I think, also. I'm your, not shitting on the performance. Your preliminary LVP. That's, no, she's not my LVP. Okay. Is, Is it, it Roberts? Yeah, Julia Roberts. So it's it's the LVP that I didn't give an LVP to last in Ocean's Eleven, but had a lot of problems with. Well, I defended her in Ocean's Eleven, but in, in Ocean's Twelve, she's asked to do comedy pretty much her entire time on screen. And mm -hmm. boy, oh boy. <laughs> I feel okay. like she just has to be ex exasperated all the time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I agree. She's not, I mean, yeah, she's a weak link. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what's your just real quick, Dan? I'm I'm interested because this is something I wanted to ask, and I wanted to know this. What is your and Nathaniel too? Open to the panel here. What? It, why do you think that this seems to be the critical consensus and audience consensus of that it is the weakest one? I like, think I don't think it, do think it is the the critical consensus anymore. I think, like, critics who, you know, are fond of Soderbergh's work have, like, revisited this movie, and I feel like it does better. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's talked about more fondly now. I'm looking at the critics I follow on Letterboxd. I'm seeing out of five, a four and a half, a four and oh. a half. Um, 
a couple twos, but you know, still. Um, yeah. I I just I think it it's one of these movies that just seems like it was more fun to make than it is to watch. Okay. Yeah. I'm like sure it, it like Grown Ups to too. <laughs> please, you know? please tell me you think this is better than <laughs> I think grown up I never saw grown ups 2 but to me okay. uh grown ups 2 is probably like like this is the Steven Soderbergh grown ups 2 Okay yeah right. What about you Nathaniel I think uh you know I was actually surprised cuz I watched this like two and a half months ago or something like that and like I was amazed at how much I enjoyed it rewatching it after just like a short period of time. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I, I I really like this one. And spoiler alert, I like it more than 13. That's not a spoiler. I think you've uh, implied I mean, you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I think it's absolutely fair. Um, I probably like it more than 13 as well. Um, although I am, like I said, giving them the same ranking as is Dan, I assume. So, do you want to come to that, or we want to? Sure, come to we can do that. I, I, look, I, I went into this movie um, assuming I would give it a two. Jeez, and okay. uh, and it was more fun than I remembered it being. The the Julia Roberts section, I, look, we didn't talk enough about that, to be honest. It, it's they. There's a running joke in the movie that Julia Roberts' character Tess looks exactly like Julia Roberts. And so they get her into this museum pretending to be Julia Roberts, and she runs into Bruce Willis playing himself, which sucks. (laughs) And so it's just like 15 minutes of this movie that is so obnoxiously bad. Mm. And uh, and uh, I, I brings down the whole movie around it. I, so you I know what I, I really like this movie, and I can't defend that scene. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to defend. I agree. And, and Bruce Willis is super smug. As he is the fucking worst. Yeah, he really. This is like yeah, this is yeah. like Bruce Willis. It, like they stopped by fucking Planet Hollywood, and they were like, "Do you want to film a scene? We have forty five minutes." Yeah. And he's like, I can do it for like two two percent of the gross. Yeah, yeah. So, um, my, so my LVP is Matt Damon. Bruce Willis, by the way, was uh, in talks at one point to play Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven. Oh Lord! Oh, that would have been horrible. That would have been fucking terrible. awful. Yeah. Oh my God. Whew. Okay. All right. So your LVP's Roberts. Who's who's your LVP, uh, Nathaniel? Don Cheadle. Yeah. Okay. Still sucks. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, who's everybody's MVP? Uh, I'm going to go. Listen, in many ways, um, Ocean's Eleven was Clooney's movie. Ocean's Twelve is Brad Pitt's movie. That's my MVP. Yeah. You're going to hate my MVP. <laughs> it's not Julia Roberts. It's the fucking French dude, Vincent Cassell. I don't hate that at all. We didn't talk enough about him either. We didn't Vin- talk about him at all. He's great. Vincent Cassell yeah. is um, the the sort of rival thief. And, the uh, Night Fox, yeah. The Night Fox. And I <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, uh, I remember hating that character the first time I saw this movie. And um, at this point, I liked him enough that when he showed up briefly in 13, I was happy to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, that's a good call, man. Nathaniel. I like that. Yeah. yeah, he is the Frenchest actor. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost as French as uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in The Walk. Oh, remember that great French accent? Yeah. Who could forget all of Who? Joseph Gordon-Levitt's many voices? Never me. Um, get either of us started on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. J-G-L, baby. Get into it, buddy. Do you remember? I think we've already done this on a podcast. Really? We shat, yeah, I think on Surviving Survivor, we shat on Joseph Gordon-Levitt for like 20 minutes one time. Yeah, well, He's that, definitely been that makes shat sense. on here before. I yeah. fucking hate that guy. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Here's a fun fact care. about Vincent Cassell. He's uh, divorced from Monica oh. Bellucci. I know that. Did you know that? Oh, sweet. Yeah, well, our friend, our friend Sweet's dream woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that from the last time Nathaniel was on. <laughs> Every time. You know, it's about Svee loving Monica Bellucci. Man. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, this is Pitt's movie. I agree. He was a clear MVP for me. He's he just fucking owns it. He's hilarious. Uh and he's got a lot of good, a lot of scenes in this movie. And uh, yeah, all right. So star rating, everybody. It's a three. Um, I was torn between a high three and a low four. I'm gonna give it a four. You I'm and your it. high threes, low I'm giving fours. It a four. I... <laughs> okay. It's a four. It's a four. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, Henry, for no ties in the MVPs and LVPs. You're welcome. I'm making a conscious effort to not do that. Anymore. I appreciate that. At least for a while. Yeah, uh, it, it's a four for me, uh, definitely. I thought Nathaniel might go four or five, man. No, 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 no. It's for sure not a five. But a four. Yeah. Yeah, it's a four. Yeah. Okay. 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 And uh, that's good. We're wrapping up, and uh, I do have a small, uh, very small superhero count. Okay. What superhero did Eddie Izzard play? He's, he's one of them. Is he? Yeah, but you have to wait a second. Okay, okay. It's, it's for... Oh, right. Okay. Um, Catherine Zeta Jones. No, you have to, after that, go like superhero count or something. All right, let's get into it. You you have that, all of that great fanfare and then no energy. That's that's great. Kind of the point. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. But, uh, you know, hey, I could change it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I just like directing you on this podcast. I, 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 like, I like it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm the. I'm the should I be like the Edward Norton of the of the podcast and just be like, I, I, I'm sorry, that's not meshing with with what I was going for. I don't take direction well. Yeah, he's difficult. All right, he's, he's difficult. Catherine Zeta Jones was in the 1996 classic The Phantom. That's right. Uh, playing Sala. Does Zorro count as a superhero? We've had this argument. <laughs> I I, I would have, but it. It doesn't really originate from a comic book. It originates from like a dime type of pulp magazine book. So all right, I don't all right. know. But now this next one for me, I wouldn't count, but I thought you would want me to. It's Eddie Izzard, who uh, played Lord Voldemort in the Lego Batman. <laughs> Did he? That's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have counted that, but I figured I should. Uh, all That's right. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
And the final one, I thought this was a good good pull by me. Jérôme Crabbe, uh, you know, who played the recluse in this movie, was in the 1989 Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. Wow. Yeah, playing a character called Gianni Franco, whoever that is. Probably a gangster. I would imagine. Yeah. All right, that's it. Okay. Jared Harris, Rob, hey. If we're doing Harry Potter, surely you should remember the fact you you should have Robbie Coltrane was we're in. We're not doing Harry Potter. Oh, because it's the Lego Batman movie. I get right. it. Okay, yeah. got it, got yeah. it, got it. Okay, let's talk Ocean's Thirteen. Soderbergh's back. We've got new writers Brian Koppelman and David Levien, who have been around forever. They, of course, originally made their names on. Uh, is it? Did they write Rounders? I think Koppelman did. Yeah, I don't know about the other guy, but I know Koppelman. No, they're a team. They write everything together. Oh, yeah, they wrote Rounders, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, off the strength of Rounders, they then directed Knock Around Guys, which nobody went to see, and uh, then they've been writing movies ever since, some good ones. Uh, Runaway Jury's fine, Walking Tall with The Rock is Dynamite. Uh, he did girlfriend experience for Soderbergh. He wrote, they wrote uh, and directed uh, a movie Henry likes a lot called Solitary Man with uh, cancerous Michael Douglas. And, I didn't uh, know they did. I didn't know they did that. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And currently, they uh, created the uh, Showtime series, which I watch and enjoy very much. Billions. So you're a fan, and I'm a fan. Yeah, I think there. they're pretty good writers. Okay. All right. They're not very interesting writers, but uh, they do the job. All right. All right. I, I disagree. All right. Uh, no. Ocean's 13 was released June 8th, 2007, summer season. Budget mm. of $85 million. Box office of 311.7. Came in at number 26 for the year. Slight, made slightly less money than Blades of Glory. <laughs> with Will Ferrell and Napoleon Dynamite, saw in theaters. And I saw that in a hotel room in Atlantic City. Okay. And it made slightly less, or slightly more than uh, the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie, the first one. Yeah. Oh, I've watched that. That's a great it's movie. Good. Yeah. Not yeah. me. Not me. All right. Well, we'll do it for the podcast. Yeah. All right. Obviously. Uh, hey, listen, 2007, a lot of people say 1939 is the greatest year in film history, when in actuality, it's fucking horrible. So <laughs> let's talk about 2007. Let's do it. I got uh, five honorable mentions. Can't, can't uh, Listen, avoid. I wrote down 16 movies for my list, yeah. and, and frankly, since I knew it was such a good year, I skipped, I just skipped a lot of movies I really like. So, so did I. I mean, it's an incredible year for movies. Some of the films that did not make my list include Eagle vs. Shark, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, Eastern Promises, Waitress, Hot Fuzz, and um, uh, similar to Henry's uh, Garden State pick, Juno. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Woo. Nice. That is a piece of shit. I, All right. I, I still like it. All right. Uh, my honorable mentions are Charlie Wilson's War. Yep, good one. The, the Mist. Yeah. Uh, Gone Baby Gone. Mm -hmm. Into the Wild and Eastern Promises. Okay. Number ten, Nathaniel. Um, I'm gonna do uh, one honorable mention: the documentary Helvetica. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. And my number 10 is on out there. Oh, fuck. (laughs) What? Yeah. I'm not there. I skipped it. It's always on my list. Always on your list, man. Hang on. I got to find a place for it. Oh, look at this guy. All right. Never let me get away with it. All right. Listen, I'm popping off my number 10. I'm being serious with it. All right. and And my number 10 was super bad. I don't feel good about it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Fuck. All right, Henry. Well, so what's you, your you number sort of, ten? Yeah, you just went, so I'll go last this time. Uh, Wait, I didn't 10. say my number ten because I knocked off super bad. What's your number ten? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was going to be that one then. No. Okay, my number my number ten is knocked up. Okay. Yeah, with super bad no longer on my list, and I'm not there, plugged in somewhere. My number nine moves back to my number 10, and that is The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Superb. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nathaniel? Oh, I'm up. Uh, the King of Kong of Fistful of Dog. Uh, quarters. Love that Fistful fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. That shit's been on my list as long as I can remember, since 2007, and now I didn't have room for it. I love that movie, though. Uh, my yeah. Henry, what's your number nine? My number nine is uh, one of your favorites making its list debut, but I figure this every time I do this year, I'm just going to keep switching stuff out. It's that good a year. Um, Sunshine. Oh, sure. I mean, really, all the movies that came out this year? I love that movie, and I watched it again recently, and I just I love that movie. Okay. I can't, I can't help it. Uh, oh, it ain't the only one you're going to have an issue with. So. Oh, great. Can't wait. All right. My number nine is Gone Baby Gone. Great movie. Uh, my number eight is The Mist. Fucking great. great. Yeah, that ending. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, it is a punch in the gut. I love it. <laughs> my number eight is Michael Clayton. Oh, yeah, that's the other one, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah. There's a better uh, George Clooney movie from that year, and it's called Ocean's 13. <laughs> all right uh my number eight and listen it's uh this is uh, okay my number eight is grindhouse and i'm talking about the really? whole thing the whole thing with both movies and the trailers it was one of the best film going experiences i've ever been to uh but neither one of those movies would make this list on their own that is an excellent choice and i'll tell you why i agree with you Seeing that movie was one of the best experiences I ever had. And I loved every second of that experience. But I agree with you. Taking each on his own, no. But just for the, the nostalgia, not even nostalgia, but just for remembering that experience, it, it, it deserves to be on there. That's right. I like it. I like it. Thank yeah. you. That's good. Number seven. Um, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Yep. Great movie. Didn't make yes, my list. Sir. Yeah. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman played a heroin addict in that. Played a what? A heroin addict. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just pulled a Dan here. What? You forgot it? Yeah, it was on my. Okay, that is. Uh, oh, all right. I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I'm a list wrecker. Yeah. You know you know what? I'm just going to throw it on as my number seven and take off what I had, which was making its list debut. But What was it? it? 
I was real happy too with this. God so not so number ten gets knocked off. Knocked up is no longer on your list. Is that really? How yes, you that's do how it? it works. I had a knockoff super bad. So everything just gets Mo- bumped. Yep. Okay. So number so then, seven before the devil knows you're dead. That's that. No, if that's the way it is, and knocked up is gone. Yeah. Then now your number ten is um, sunshine, and yeah. then Michael Clayton is number nine, and then number eight would be uh, number eight would be before the devil knows you're dead. Are we on number eight right now? We're on seven. seven. You're fucking me oh, up here. God. Just let me take it all. All right, what's your seven? It was three ten to Yuma. Okay, good one. I'm taking it off and I'm putting before the devil knows you're dead there. No, you're taking off knocked up. Disagree. This is so fucking boring to the listener, but you're well, wrong. You shouldn't argue on with a me. list that is ranked of ten things. If you're adding something on it, then the last one gets knocked off. Not necessarily. Of course, necessarily. Okay. All right, my number seven is No Country for Old Men. Uh, that's my number six. I love it. <laughs> my number six is Rescue Dawn. Yep, great movie, not on my list. Uh, my number six is where I'm putting I'm Not There. Oh, nice. Uh, my number five is The Lives of Others. Great German film. One best right. foreign film that year. Oh, that is a great movie. Yeah. I thought that was 2006. No, nah, I knew it, it, but it's not quite on my list. Oh, boy. Uh, that's too bad. Okay, well, then uh, we're at number five. Uh, Heavy hitters. Uh, <laughs> the three-pointers, the touchdowns, the curling when the gets close to the circle these are the heavy hitters of the franchise heavy hitters All right. okay sorry that i jumped the gun <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I caught it <laughs> sorry my, my engineer caught it uh, so what was your heavy hitter nathaniel what was that what was your heavy hitter there the lives of others right yes. right heavy hitter okay <laughs> that is a heavy hitter uh this number five making its list debut is the savages Look at you, the Savages. Another Philip Seymour Hoffman joint. He had a good year. Yeah, he did. My number five is the uh, Irish film Once. You've never seen it, Henry. I've never heard of it. How do you know? Uh, I lived with you and tried to get you to watch it for a year. (laughs) Yeah, all right, fine. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel never heard of it. Wow. No. Great movie. Yeah? Yeah. Check it out. I'll uh, check it out. Yeah. My number four is Knocked Up. Okay. Good placement. Yeah. My number four is The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. My number four is The Mist. Wow. Yeah, baby. Frank Darabont's best film. Uh, My number three, I'm guessing that Henry's going to have this real high. (laughs) Well, I guess anything's real high at this point, but Zodiac. Sure, of course. All right. My number three is No Country for Old Men. Yep. Uh, My number three is Knocked Up. All right. Nice. My number two is Super Bad. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Nice. Super Bad over Knocked Up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I, I have a Nathaniel memory because I dragged Nathaniel to the theaters to see Superbad. I'd already seen it. 
Um, this was our oh, this is a good story. You told me this recently. Yeah, yeah, it was our second time going, and uh, we uh, remember Nathaniel was working on a screenplay at this point, and so um, I remember like 15 minutes into the movie, Nathaniel, you just turned to me and whispered, "Fuck this movie." <laughs> yeah, because it's perfect. It's exactly what you know we were trying to do, just so much better. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Nathaniel, you were right about me. My number two movie is Zodiac. As is mine. Oh, wow. uh, we have the same top two. So, what's the number one movie, Nathaniel? Of Let's all say it at the same time. One, two, okay. three. There will there be, will be blood. blood. <laughs> there will be blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's all well three done. of us. Great. I'm geez, that is unanimous. And to think, to think that 2007, such an amazing year, was such a diverse array of brilliant films, and we all had that at number one. It's very true, very true. And I had to knock out, knocked up because of my forgetting before the Neville before the Neville knows you're you're dead. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Ocean's Thirteen, gang. Now. It's a definitely a stripped down oceans movie. We're back to Vegas, and and that's what it was marketed as too. I, I have a memory of seeing Carl Reiner on the Daily Show when this movie came out. Jeez, and um, he was promoting it, and he started describing it, and he said, "I know a lot of people didn't like the second one, and I didn't either. So listen, Ocean's Eleven, yeah, Ocean's Twelve, pfft. Ocean's Thirteen, great." <laughs> I just—I so distinctly remember him doing that. Wow! Yeah, Mr. Reiner. Yeah, he turned code on Ocean's Twelve, but uh, so it back to basics. Vegas movie. You got Al Pacino. Talk about your heavy hitters. He is um, a possibly even more evil Vegas guy, and he's—he's he's, uh, opening this super big gaudy building. And uh, doing a soft opening, and somehow. In getting in, anyway, he he kind of gives Elliot Gould's character a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, he takes away his fortune from making this uh, hotel and signs him off the board, and that would induce somebody to that uh, stage. I think. I mean, he's going to throw him off a building. Which yeah, I believe he, he's that character would have done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go I ahead. love his glasses, Elliot Gould's glasses. <laughs> yeah, they're he dynamite. Looks, they're the glasses that Larry David's dad has in <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Also, another curb note, this features Funkhauser. That's right, yep. as Matt Damon's father. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, I thought, after like not showing you Matt Damon's father in the first two movies, I was waiting for his father to turn out to be some kind of fucking massive star or something, <laughs> like you know, Russell Crowe or some shit. Right, And right. I love that it was fucking Funkhauser from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Great. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of weird character actors in this movie. We also see Armin Weitzman really early on, who's like a... Um, an improv comedian and used to be best friends with Harris Whittles. Um, Where is he in this movie? Who is he? 
like remember early on they like pay off like this young kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, but there's just tons of weird actors in in this movie. Yeah, you got throughout. David Paymer, you got Julian Sands. Ju- David Paymer's all over this movie. Who would have known yeah. the the third yeah. Oceans movie would be so Paymer heavy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's always good though. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, always always as great as a smarmy Jew. I love it. <laughs> No. He's a great smarmy character in uh, a great movie called Payback. Horrible movie. He was a great smarmy judge in The Good Wife. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You've never seen a single second of that show. Stop having that reaction to things you haven't watched. You keep shitting on movies I love. So because I've seen tit, them. It's a tit for tat. It's not. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead once The Good Wife. All things you have never seen a single second of. It's very true. Uh Uh-huh. So sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Anyway. Friends again? Friends again, yeah. (laughs) Jake on it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Henry. Yeah. So they... uh, They want to destroy the opening of this guy's casino and, uh, and... so they they sort of play Robin Hood in this film by like trying to get a lot of people on like opening weekend to like win a ton of their money. This is true. Yeah. And it's I if I understood it correctly, uh, which I don't know if I did. Uh they're also not in it at all. I mean, they're in it to help Elliot Gould and kick ass, you know, but they're not really in it for uh any money of their own. Am I correct? No, that's why I called them a Robin Hood. Yeah, because they don't even get anything at the end, although I do have a question about those diamonds. It um, seems they like never, that's unresolved. They, they don't take them. They just blow yes, them they up. Do. No, yes, they don't. They, do. they blow they them up. The, they take the vault in by helicopter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They steal them, and you never know what they did with them, if they kept them, sold them, whatever. They pull them out with a helicopter. Oh, so they take them. little strange, though, that there's no reference to that at all at the end. Yeah, I don't Because they make, they make Andy Garcia, they take his share of the, of the profit and give it to charity. Yeah, they're not going to the help diamond, Andy Garcia. No, but the diamonds are just, you know, I know they're forever, but they're gone. <laughs> Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. <laughs> Nathaniel, you listen to Yay yet? Oh yeah. Do you not like uh, it? I don't. I think I it's like, great. Um, I like that song. Ghost, Town? Ghost Town. Yeah, that's yeah. the best one for sure. And Yikes is uh, all right. Mm. Um, I think the first track know, is great. Where he's it's just like spoken word. Yeah, he's yeah. Talking about you know uh, his mental issues. I don't know. I uh, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, you know, he set a high bar, and he, I don't feel like. Really yeah, but it's a 23-minute like album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry, what do you think of For the listeners out there, uh, <laughs> just to inform the listeners that Henry uh, has no idea what is going on right oh, now. Oh, the new, <laughs> the new Kanye West album came out this week. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't hear it. Yeah, well, you can just say you hated it since you've never heard it. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, one star. Okay. It's not an unpopular opinion. 
No, it's uh, not. A lot of people don't like it. Yeah. Um, okay. Ocean's 13. <laughs> uh, if anything, my problem with this movie is some of the Ocean's 13 are given nothing to do. Yeah, that does happen. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. very little Bernie Mac. There's very little tiny Japanese man. Chinese man, excuse me. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I, I corrected Asian myself hater. pretty quickly. Yeah, you just you know, it's it's part of you. You can't help it. It's in your DNA. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, uh someone say <laughs> something for fuck's sake. <laughs> Nathaniel, go ahead, man. You're the guest. What? Talk about the movie. The, the plot? Oh, Whatever okay. you want. Just what you think of it? Um it's a lot more boring than 12. Like this um, podcast? Jeez. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, well, it's not as meta as 12. Uh, that's pretty meta comment about this podcast. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, I watched this one more recently, and I don't remember a lot of the plot points because I yeah, just I didn't did, find yeah. it as memorable. I thought Al Pacino was fucking great in it, in that, like, I think he's a slight improvement over Andy Garcia, who I already thought was pretty good. Well, he's going, uh, he's full on hua in this movie. Yeah, he really which is. Which is fine because he's playing a villain. Yeah. Yeah. It's an early uh, uh, Al Pacino performance with his dentures, too. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. He looks mad, righteous kill in this movie. Yeah, they are flying. <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, they are flying. <laughs> and I fucking hated the Matt Damon with the prosthetic nose. Oh, my Fair God, dude. Scene. I loved that the first time I saw this movie, and it's so bad. It's really bad, and and kind of weird. So he has to seduce Ellen Barkin, a woman who once seduced Henry, and Henry turned her down. Okay, um, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, <and> I <laughs> so oh. he has to seduce Ellen Barkin. So. If if this is the movie where he finally gets like the respect of his father, shouldn't he actually like successfully seduce this woman? Instead, he puts on some kind of weird pheromone cologne on his neck, which has like superpowers or some shit. Right, and Spanish fly bullshit. Oh, it so bad. is weird and gross. Yeah, yeah, Pretty and bizarre. like. Post Cosby, that shit would never happen. <laughs> I, I mean, it 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 is uncomfortable. Ocean's Thirteen yeah. is not a film for the the Times Up era. The time was not yet up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, agreed. Yeah. 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 The seduction sequence, too, the way it's edited, like it would work if it was like a quick scene and it was like once, but they keep coming back to it. And it keeps interrupting the flow. Well, it goes on and on because he, he has to, like, keep Ellen Barkin distracted for the right. entire night while they're doing this. And so it's just, like, all these, like, comedy scenes of, like, Ellen Barkin wanting to fuck Matt Damon wearing a big nose. Yeah, it's true. It does not work. Although, I mean, so although when he tries to take a drink with the nose, that's, that's funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That made me laugh. I understand the nose. Like, if you have this pheromone spray shit... Well, he he, he had already set up the nose as, yeah, he like, the valet it. character he was doing. 
Oh, I see. And yeah. he wanted to use the prosthetic. Remember, they keep he keeps saying how the nose helps, and and that made me laugh too. Does it play? Right? Does it play? Yeah. <laughs> and you can hear him talking to Funkhauser, saying that it won't play, and uh, yeah, you know, I didn't mind it that much, but uh, you know, <clears throat> I mean, it's a strange one. This movie because it's like a weird hybrid to me of of like uh, uh, wanting to go back to the basics of the first one but wanting to have the funny uh repartee and goofiness of the second one uh you know but it's also got a little bit of it's a little sinister i think going on stuff sinister. going on there with, what, what's that well like with with uh, not i mean in a, not sinister in like a terrible mean way i guess but like with elliot gould being like incapacitated and and being speechless and you know laying in oh, bed well, for that, a lot of it, it you know i, I mean, mean i don't know that i'd call it sinister but it like it's sort of a false i mean it's just trying to add weight to it because the one of the criticisms of 12 was it was so breezy to the point of having no weight whatsoever right. Right. And so having the storyline with like Ruben on like death's door at, at least gives the movie stakes. They're doing this for yeah. a reason for their friend. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. But yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. The more we're talking about it, the more I'm, I'm liking it less. <laughs> you know, I think that this one works more in terms of the plot making sense. And I, you know, and it has stakes. It's just not nearly as enjoyable to watch. Maybe but that's what it, maybe I that's what I it find it funnier than the previous one. Too much of the comedy in twelve doesn't work for me. And to me, there's something to be said for being. I have a hard time with heist movies and spy movies following them in a straight line from beginning to end. Yeah. And to me, one of the things I find not fun about Ocean's Twelve is it's constantly telling you what you thought you knew is wrong. And right. so in 13, just to sit there and enjoy this cast of characters that I've grown to love through two movies doing a heist front to back where I know what's happening the entire time was fun for me. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, and I like, I, li I did like the stuff in uh, Mexico, actually, especially the sequence, because I did not remember where it was going when Casey Affleck is sitting there and he, like, mentions Zapata. I mean, that's extremely funny to me. And, you know, those guys are just like, oh, you think they're just going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, you know? And he and he says it, and they kind of just pause, and they think about it, you know, like, yeah, Zapata. <laughs> mm. And I, I also liked... Um, when Pitt and Clooney are looking, talking together at the uh, in front of the fountain, like, uh, and they play the Debussy Claire de Lune again, so you yeah, get, like, kind of the re that was a nice moment. By the it way, the, the use version. of the you, it was a weird version. It was like kind of techno-y. I th I yeah. thought the um the verge, I mean, the use of it in the first movie is like the best use of that song in anything, and that is a song that gets overused to the high heavens in movies. It's very TV. true. It's it's perfectly perfectly chosen and used. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, what was it? I knew I had a note here that was interesting. This is uh, also a reunion for for two two sets of actors. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, one in part of a uh, franchise that we will eventually cover that is on the logo that Nathaniel uh, Safran designed for our show. Uh, oh, this is uh, an Al Pacino, Andy Garcia 
reunion from The Godfather Part Three. Oh, oh and fuck. and what what could get you to go to the movies like a Godfather Three reunion? All that's Ooh. missing is Sophia. What's the best? Like what Joey Zaza? What? <laughs> That's you right. Like that Zaza oh, wow. I don't remember his name. That's good. What's the better third part of a series? <laughs> oh, God. Gonna go Jedi. With Answer's Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> oh, I'll take Ocean's 13 over Jedi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Figured that. And it's also an Al Pacino, Ellen Barkin reunion from one of my favorites. Sea of Love. Of 1989. Sea of Love. <laughs> That's right. Why'd you oh, laugh at that? No, no. <laughs> what do you think I said? What eat, do you pray, think? Love. eat, pray, love. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ellen Barkin, everybody. Uh, what'd you think of her? Loved her. Wait, Henry, wait, tell wait, the story. Wait. Oh, God. I feel like I just told this recently. Or did we maybe just mention it in past? It wasn't on the podcast. No, it was. But it wasn't the full thing. Anyway, all right. So, uh... Probably in 2007, I was... The year of Ocean's 13. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, I was at the Chelsea Barnes & Noble doing some bullshit. Uh, what did we call that shit when we were, like, reading to make sure everything was in order? I can't even remember that. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm it, so it happy I don't remember the terms for shit Me like too. that. Yeah. Me sweeping? too. Sweeping? Anyway. Is it sweeping? Sweeping. Maybe yeah. sweeping. Yeah. So I'm sweeping a DVD section, and this guy comes up to me and asks me for help look for some DVDs. And so I'm helping him. And we start talking about movies. And uh, I, I do not remember the specific movie that came up. But he said, oh, you really you really know your stuff. And I said, oh, you know, I, I know a little bit, you know, and uh, and he goes, well, I'm I'm over here with with Ellen Barkin. She's she's hanging out. There was this club across the street from the Barnes and Noble that was like a, a church and it was like a nightclub. And I'd never been there. And uh, and he said, uh, see, are you a fan of hers? She came up somehow in the conversation. And I said, yeah, I said, see, <laughs> I said, yes, I'm a fan. I I, I love Sea of Love. She's incredible. And then he like says, "Well, yeah, I'm I'm her I'm her agent." And I was like, "Yeah, right, uh huh." And then he's like, "No, I am, I am." And he was really nice. And he was like, "She's actually over at this club across the street." And I'm just trying to like, she's trying to just kill some time because she's really tired. She had a long day, and she's over there having a drink. And I was just like, "Really?" And so it was it was very late at this point, and uh, I, I don't specifically remember, much to my everlasting shame, the reason that I didn't do it. Probably I chickened out. That would probably be the reason. Uh, but he basically invited me to, to go over and uh, hang out with her and just basically said, and I, I was kind of flabbergasted, and I just said, w w what do you mean, just, just go over there and she's hanging out there? And... He was just like, yeah, 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 you should go over there. I mean, she's really nice. She's very approachable. She'd love some company. Ooh. Yeah, and I just don't know what was going on in my brain. Probably just sensory overload. And I was just like, okay, okay, that's cool. Uh, sure, sure, sure. And and then he was like, all right, well, you know, she'll be over there till you know, whatever, so-and-so. And then I'm, I'm sure I just thought about it, and I, I fucking whisked out. Terrible. Sounds like you got shipwrecked in the sea of love. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh boy, is that dynamite! Yeah. All right, yeah, that was. That so was you dynamite. you missed yeah. you missed out on that one. Yeah, or or I like to think that 
in my brain that it was bullshit, and I would have gone over there, and she wasn't actually there. You would have lost the kidney or something? <laughs> so you like to think of it like she's Schrodinger's Ellen Barkin. You didn't open the box. She could have been there. She could not have been there. It, right. <laughs> I, 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 I might have missed absolutely nothing. That's, yeah. that's how I need to think about that night. <laughs> <laughs> How else could you possibly think of that night if you did that? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. My little Ellen Barkin story. Nathaniel, if you could bang Ellen Barkin, would you? Yeah. Yeah. She looks good in this movie. She's over 50 in this movie. Yeah, and that that's the year, like you said, I didn't even think about that, that, that she must have just finished this movie. So, yeah. She was so we know she exactly what she would look like. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, so a, we, in a in a low cut dress. <laughs> you don't know yeah, that. I don't know if I was gonna do it though. I'd put on some uh, prosthetic nose. Yeah, and, uh, some, uh, <laughs> yeah you got to get some Spanish nose. fly. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I wasn't equipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, I was equipped, but okay. All right. You know, one thing that we didn't mention uh, in these movies is I fucking love. Like the dumb names they come up for heist maneuvers. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Like yeah, Susan yeah. and Anthony. They try I mean, to. It's Lookie it's sort of like a medical Lookie. show. You know what I mean? Where like they just don't give a shit whether the audience knows what they're talking about. So they just like describe like the procedures like without yeah, explaining them. They, yeah, they right. do the same thing on the wire sometimes with like police shit. Oh, um, they do that on that? I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I, I love that. Yeah, they just, like, name, like, scams. And uh, they're clearly fake names, but, right. like... <laughs> In my... I just got the impression that they're improving it. Oh, that's possible. Like, they probably have a bunch of those takes where, like, Don right. Shields, like, are you going to do a, like, pop shove it to a bundle of joy? And, you know, they just go through that shit. Yeah. yeah. So you you thought Cheadle was better in this one, Dan? Uh, a little bit. He's still a weak link in terms of the eleven, but uh, I thought he was his his uh, accent was toned down to the point where it was weird that he wasn't doing the same accent. But oh, um, okay. what do you think of him dressing up like that motorcyclist? Oh, um, that, that scene is ridiculous, scene. but I found it funny. I, I, I found them changing the faces on the computer really funny. That was funny. I like that. Casey <laughs> Affleck's adjusting Scott Gunn's. Yeah. It'll make you taller. Don't you want to be taller? <laughs> Anyone would want to be taller if they were Scott Conn. Oh, oh shit. <sighs> Sick burn. Yeah. Is, is Scott Conn wearing a rug yet in, the, in these movies? Oh, I didn't know he wore a rug in Dude, real life. Dude, I watched I watched the first few seasons of that Hawaii Five O yeah. show he's on, and that yeah. shit is a rug. Really, like wow. father like son? Then I guess. Yeah. Jimmy Khan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, Jimmy Khan. Jimmy Khan, Godfather. Yeah, another Jimmy's Godfather. Another. Actually, Andy Garcia is Jimmy Khan's illegitimate son. Is he not? If I'm remembering that correctly. I don't remember that. Let's save it for the Godfather episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. All right. What do you give this movie? I gave it a three. Me too. I'm coming down. Yeah. I was going to give it a four. And a lot of times I change my ratings on these during discussion. Uh, 
lately, and this one it it went down. I'm because the more it got me thinking about it, uh, I I I like it a lot. I'll watch it again, but um, so far I I have to say it's uh, my least favorite. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, to me, you still just gave it a three. Yeah, because I I think I appreciate the experimentalism of uh the experimentation of Ocean's Twelve, um, and I appreciate the straightforward fun plot of Ocean's Thirteen, and so I just like different things about them. But you, so you would watch either of these again? I would watch either of these again, absolutely. Oh, but okay. I think if I was just like reaching for a fun movie late at night, like <clears throat> just to put on for a couple hours, it'd be well, it'd be eleven, but it'd be thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, MVP LVPs. Um, so my MVP, I think, uh, would either be. So you guys already used Clooney, but I'm probably gonna use him here. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, and my LVP is Matt Damon. Interesting. Oh, look at that. You know yeah. what? He'll be my LVP here. too. Oh, I, I just wow. thought that character was misused in this movie and, and just, I like him at times, but he's used a lot and not well, as opposed to some of the actors that just aren't in it enough. Well, that's how I felt about him in 12. You're going to uh, give it to Cheadle again, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back to eleven. How I felt about him, and he gets too much screen time in this, and I just don't like the character. I just don't think it's a it's a good character. Um, yeah. Having said that, my MVP because I owe her this much because I couldn't buy her a drink is Ellen Barton. Okay. <laughs> I love it. My MVP yeah. is uh, I'm going Casey Affleck. Nice. All right. Oh. Time was not yet up for Casey Affleck when this movie was made, so don't give me shit. Hmm. Um, but I I think he's so fucking funny in this movie. He is. The stuff he down is. in Mexico is a real highlight for me. Yeah, it's good. It's a Viva Zapata. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. You know what else is good? Uh, this other thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we have David Pamer. <laughs> I do David... like it now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, David Pamer uh, has three credits to his name. Uh, Howard the Duck. Where he, he played... played Turtle Man. <laughs> <laughs> he played a guy named Larry. But for all I know, that was Turtle I'm Man. I'm going to assume it was a turtle. He looks like Prob- a turtle. Probably. He was also played a character named Frank. In the new Batman Adventures. I think Very he's exciting. a turtle, too. Killer yeah, turtle. And I know this last character is a turtle. Uh, he was also <laughs> in the animated Justice League playing a character named Nomad. Oh, my God. That Yeah, Justice League. So, yeah, I think if David Pamer fucked Mitch McConnell, a turtle would appear. <laughs> <laughs> would appear. Yeah. And only one other one. Uh, Julian Sands uh, was in Smallville. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, he's the he's the guy that um, Pacino's guy who puts the sa- the big high tech safe in there. The blonde guy with the glasses, uh, uh, the time release lock. Who's when Pacino can't get out and he's oh, like, oh yeah, 
Yeah, he's okay. Famous character actor, you know, arachnophobia. You remember him in that and uh, a lot of other shit. But uh, okay. Oh, and in Leaving Las Vegas, he's the pimp. Remember him? In that? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Who is he? He was in Smallville playing Jor-El. Wow. And, yeah. Pretty big. Yeah. And in Gotham, this confused me because uh, I quit this show pretty early. But he played a character named Doctor Gerald Crane, and I—do you know who that is? Because Jonathan Crane is Scarecrow. Well, so it's Gotham, it so it must be Scarecrow's dad. Father. Yeah. Oh my God. Ah, uh, the DC Cinematic Universe—how we love people's dads. We really do. We really it's do. Actually, uh, Fraser Crane's father. From, uh, Frazier. His name Boy, is Martin, look. motherfucker. So different. Yeah. Same vibe, though. Yeah. John Mahoney. All right. All right. <laughs> is he a heavy hitter? That sounded like it. John, John Mahoney, Mahoney is a heavy John hitter, Mahoney. motherfucker. Um, hey, gang. He was in Say Anything. Real heavy that's hitter. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's Ocean's 13. You could. Come back uh, next week. Uh, we'll be talking about Oceans 8, maybe with Nathaniel's girlfriend. Who knows? <laughs> um, and, uh, th- you know, we'll talk about all the ladies involved in that produ- production, except behind we'll the scenes, about- it's all men. Yeah, right, of course. Yeah. We'll be talking about Gary Ross. Yeah. It'll be the tomorrow. second Gary Ross film we've covered on the podcast, inexplicably. That is right. Yeah. That, that is right. And uh, maybe we'll have, since we're just doing that one, maybe we'll have a franchise update. What's going on? Because there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if Dan doesn't feel like doing it, then we will not. We'll see. I'll tell you what. I'll write a theme song for franchise update. If you do that, then I'll do it. Then you're on. Okay. So I love it. Yeah. You guys don't want to talk about Aquafina for like 15 minutes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. We'll just spend an hour talking about Mindy Kaling. <laughs> you could do nice. that, I think. I guess. Yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, uh, Ocean's Eight. We'll 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 go see that. Uh. Anyway, uh, for fuck's sake, people. Yeah. Listen, nothing, nothing you pieces of fucking garbage. Yeah. Who are people? Who are? Listen, someone gave a rating this week, and we'd like to thank that person because I know review. Oh, my God. I actually have to write a sentence. <laughs> but all you have to do is go just put five stars in. You're done. Nathaniel's it, done it. Nathaniel done. did it. Yeah, he yeah. did do it. He did do it. I think he did it twice, once under a pseudonym. Did you? Did I, you? I'm of the opinion that I've only done it once but under a pseudonym. Unless maybe I did it twice. <laughs> I thought you wrote a, a serious, like, you know, nice review and then uh, a pseudonym that said uh, Bubats Who Could Care. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess I did do it twice, but yeah. both of them were under pseudonyms. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we thank you for that. Yeah, we'd uh, like to thank okay. you. Hey, listen, if you're a real fucking hero like Nathaniel, leave us two <laughs> ratings <laughs> and reviews. You know what, guys? Dan, I think we just came up with something. You know what? I don't want one review now. I want yeah, two reviews. All you That's motherfuckers right. that have left one review, leave another one. Do it again. Double the review in one week. Yeah. Our numbers if you work, skyrocket. If you work at a Russian troll farm, 
fucking get every one of your bots to review. <laughs> give yeah. a five star review. <laughs> we will accept bots. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. No problem. Listen. Um, follow the show on Twitter at Pod Franchise. You could follow uh, myself on Twitter at Low Stakes Daniel. All right. You can email me at henryfranchise at outlook.com. You can email the show at thefranchisepod at gmail.com. I'd like Get to thank Shut Up Tim, who watched Zathura on the podcast recommendation this week. Oh. And said that uh, there was one line of dialogue that might be a top 10 movie line of all time Get me a juice box, biatch. All right? <laughs> Yeah. Sounds good to me. We'd like to thank yeah. all the people that wrote in uh, thanking us for the surprise bonus app because we forgot to promote it last week. Yeah, we did indeed, and I didn't hear anything from you either about it. So how did uh, we got uh, people heard it then? Yeah, good. people good. heard it, did well, people liked it. Oh, good. I'm glad um, to hear that. I would like to... I don't remember. Listen, uh, <laughs> I was on... Were there I, any... I guessed it on a show this week, uh, the yeah. the horrific network, and uh, we talked about um, two episodes of the show Goosebumps. So listen to me over there. Mm. Sounds good. I yeah. like that. How about you, Nathaniel? What do you have to promote? Uh, good. Check out my music. Uh, it's on Spotify uh, under my last name. It's just S A F R E N. Check that shit out. Yeah, there you cool. go. Very cool. Um, I want to thank uh, Gallagher here for writing in his top five Ron Howard movies. Oh. Number five, Parenthood. Number four, Cinderella Man. You'll be happy about that. Number three, Splash. Yeah. Number two, Frost Nixon. Number one, Night Shift. All right? Can't argue with any of that, really. All right. Yeah. He also said he got a shirt with um, Amelia Clark's character from Solo on it, so he was not pleased with my bashing of that character. Yeah, you were not easy on her. Well, you know, it's hard to watch a movie with a lead actress who can't act. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. it just recently. I watched the remake of When a Stranger Calls. Oh. From, like, 10 years ago or so. Oh, is that Halle Berry? No, that's, come on, that's uh, that movie. Uh, Perfect Stranger. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, when a Stranger Calls, it's just called that. It's directed by Simon West, the guy who directed Con Air and the first mm. Tomb Raider. And uh, he, um, the lead actress in that movie is this lady, Camilla Bell. And I know she her. cannot act. Right. <laughs> Can not. And it makes it all the worse because, like, her friend, like, her black friend in that movie is played by Tessa Thompson, who's fucking great. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Anyway, don't watch that movie, gang. It's not very good. Do you have a Camilla Bell t-shirt? No, I do not. Would you like one for your birthday? I'd take that over the Star Wars one. Okay. Because that would be right. weird and kitschy. Right. We'll make you a, a weird iron-on tee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, Kid Harrington or Amelia Clark is worse? Um, which which one? Come on, Dan. No, Harrington's worse. Yeah. Yeah, Harrington's Jesus worse. Christ. But um, Pompeii is a better movie than Solo. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it yet, Nathaniel? 
Now, but is Solo better than Troy? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a great question. Oh, yes, everything's better than Troy. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, that's it, gang. I'll be on another podcast this coming week. Uh, I think um, uh, Alex Kidwell's podcast, Kidwell's Corner. Um, uh, he just came on here to talk about Clerks, but that has not been recorded yet. So uh, just be on the lookout. All right. I'm talking about Survivor on that one, Nathaniel. What are you talking about? The season that just ended and uh, the um, rumors floating around about the upcoming two seasons. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. the The next season, I think we lost Henry. Do we really? Oh my god, that happened when we did the fucking Matrix episode. <laughs> Listen, yeah, well, he got lost in uh, in between the Matrix and the real world. Yeah, I'll bring him back in in a second, but I will say that um, the next up, the next season of Survivor, Survivor, David versus Goliath. All right. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's bring Henry nice. back in here. <laughs> All right, Henry's back. Uh, we, we, Henry, do you have anything to promote before we go? Yes, I want to promote The Matrix. I fell back into it, uh, Reloaded and Revolutions. What's going uh, on in there? Orgies? Yeah, me, Ellen Barkin's over here, and we're, we're having some fun. Did you so. see Say Jada I... Pinkett Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah. us everything about the Merovingian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just dancing with Blue Man Group and uh, we're having a good time. So were there any uh, num- numerical green pussy explosions? Quite a few. I forgot about okay. that. Quite yeah. a few. I can't even see right now. Actually, I'm I'm blinded by it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, all right. So we'll see you next week for Oceans Eight. Right? That's and the number. And thank you, Nathaniel, for coming out. You'll come on sooner next me. time. Sounds good. Yeah, for you got sure. served, maybe. <laughs> maybe for you got served. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, gang. Happy trails. That guy doing potsy is unbelievable.